0: Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cool, and I'm one of the pastors uh, here at Hillside. I'd like to to welcome all of you here as well this morning. I want to think with you this morning about a conversation that takes place between a guy by the name of Nicodemus and Jesus. And uh, I want to suggest this is just a really important conversation for us to listen in on and to understand and to think about how it applies to our lives. And so in order to kind of introduce it, let me tell you a little bit about each of them. Uh, Jesus, you know probably fairly well, at least many of you do. But Nicodemus, let's start with him. Several things you ought to know about Nicodemus. First of all, uh, he was a guy who was successful in business. Uh, We know from some other places in the Bible and other places and tradition and so on that, that Nicodemus was one one of those guys who was just really good at what he did. He was a good business person, and he, and he did well, and, and uh, he was fairly wealthy, um, and, and probably oversaw a fair number of people, and, and did a really good job of that, all right? He was very successful in his business, and he was very, very uh, strong as a leader in his local faith community. He was Jewish, he was a Pharisee, which means he was one of the, the separatists, one of the serious ones, one of those who was really committed to God, and who wanted to make sure that, that God shone through every area of his life, all right? And so Nicodemus was, was passionate about that. But the third thing I want to say about Nicodemus is perhaps the most important one. All right, Because what I want you to understand about Nicodemus is that I think John would have us understand he was just a genuinely good guy. Sometimes we think about some of the Jewish leaders of Jesus' day, and there were some that were a big problem. But, but we think about them, and we think about them being judgmental and self-centered and all about appearances and so on. That's not Nicodemus. All right? Nicodemus is just this I think really deeply humble guy I think he's kind I think he's compassionate I think he's thoughtful I think the slide needs to go there it is, alright uh, I think he's willing to learn um, I, I think he's deeply respected I mean, Nicodemus, when he wants to come and talk to Jesus he, he doesn't come and, 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 and try to trick Jesus or try to trap Jesus but, but Nicodemus comes and, and he's just such a genuinely good guy All right, he's just such a genuinely good guy. I I was thinking about it this way. I thought, if you can picture, if you can picture the best Christian you know, all right, the best Christian you know, and not the one who just looks good, but the one who genuinely is good, the one who is just genuinely, you say, that's what it's all about. That person gets it right. If you can picture that person, that's Nicodemus, okay? Nicodemus is the best and 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 he's just such a good guy such a solid guy all right so that's that's who Nicodemus is and 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 one of the reasons I want you to understand that that he's such a good guy that he's humble that he's genuine that he that he's really willing to listen all right is 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 that it that's what makes it so surprising to see how Jesus responds to him in John 3 okay if we understand this, I think, uh, for me, I, in some ways, this is one of the most shocking things that Jesus does to anybody, that Jesus says to anybody. All right, Jesus, this happens at the beginning of his time in ministry. We're in the, the first couple of three chapters of John here, so it's near the beginning of his ministry. Jesus is doing some miracles, okay? People are starting to believe in him, okay? He's, he's been baptized, he's gone out and he's gone into the desert, for face temptation, and, and now he's starting to do ministry, Probably some healings, probably some other things. But there were, there were people who were starting to come to him. There was a buzz. There was some response to him. And that probably is what kind of made Nicodemus interested in finding out about it. John, 20, uh, John 2, verse 23 says this. Now, while Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs, the miracles he was performing, and they believed in his name. They believed in his name. And so there are people who are starting to follow Jesus. There are people who are starting to go down that route of of becoming disciples. But, But John tells us something really interesting here. Look at this. He says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. They believed in him, but Jesus was not quite willing to tell him everything. I think what Jesus knows is that at this point, it's not a deep and lasting belief yet. It's not a deep and abiding belief. It's not something that's there and and as deep as it needs to be. And so Jesus is kind of saying, okay, you're on the road. And and, and I think it's interesting. In the Gospel of John, there's faith, and there's faith, and then there's faith. All right? For for John, it's always growing deeper. For John, it's always learning more. For John, it's always understanding a bit more and coming more and more into the light. And so we have these people at the beginning who are believers. Yeah, but it's kind of on the surface yet. They're seeing the signs. They like some of what they see. But it's not a faith that's going to take them through the cross yet. It's not a a faith that's going to take them through struggles yet. And, 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 And so they're there, but Jesus is not entrusting himself to them. He's not telling them everything. He's not kind of knowing that they're going to be there the whole time. So Jesus and Nicodemus comes to, to, come together. And, and Nicodemus is the one who approaches Jesus. And, and again, I want to suggest that he was genuinely seeking, okay? That Nicodemus comes into this. He's older than Jesus. He's, he's got to be fairly old at this time in his life. Um, but he comes and he's genuinely seeking. He's seeking, I think, more than anything else to learn and maybe even just a little bit to partner in ministry. John 3, 1 and 2. Now, there was a Pharisee, okay, a, a, a serious one. And, and again, some of them, yeah, they were all about appearance, but a lot of them were just the most passionate people about God that you knew. A man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish, Jewish ruling council, again, successful, effective leader in the community, both the religious and also the, the secular community, he came to Jesus at night why at night? Some people say, well, it's because he, he was embarrassed about talking to Jesus. I don't, I don't think that's what it was. I, I think this is just, I, we're not sure, if anything, I think it just indicates that we're all in the night, and, and Jesus is the light, and we have to come, and so Nicodemus comes like all of us need to. For he came to Jesus at night, and he said, Rabbi, we know We've heard about you. Maybe maybe Nicodemus has heard Jesus preach. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Again, notice the terms of respect. Notice the terms of respect. Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. I mean, that's why I say Nicodemus comes. Nicodemus comes and he's, and he's genuine and he's gentle and he's seeking to learn. He calls Jesus teacher. He calls Jesus rabbi. And, and, and again, it's, it's an amazing thing. In some, ways, in some ways, I picture this. This is, this is kind of like Billy Graham coming to, to, to some 30-year-old preacher who kind of written an article that everybody was reading. It's Billy Graham coming to this 30-year-old preacher and saying, I know you're from God. What can you teach me? And really, I think the implied question here is, "How can I grow? How can I grow in the way of God's kingdom? How can I grow?" I, I, I mean, this is just an amazing thing. That's why I say Nicodemus is so amazing that he comes to Jesus and he has this position again, the Billy Graham of his world, or one of the you know the, really the leading people in the Jewish community, and he says to Jesus, "How can I grow?" And here's the response. And if you let it sink in, you'll realize, like I do, saying, I'm almost a little uncomfortable with Jesus here because what he says here is so, so strong. What he says is this, John 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, you got to listen to me, Nicodemus. you got to understand something, Nicodemus. No one, no one can see or enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nobody can get in unless they are born again. What is Jesus saying here? I, I, I think what we need to understand here is, is what Jesus says to, to Nicodemus is, is you got to understand something, Nicodemus. You don't need just a little bit of help. I mean, that's what Nicodemus was looking for. He was, he was looking for a little bit of advice, a little bit of a, a new technique, maybe something new about his prayer life. I just need a little bit of a change, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for whatever it is you have, and I want to take it to the next level. And Jesus says to him, you know, Nicodemus, the fact is you don't need just a little change. You need to start all over. You, you need an, a, a radical change. You need an absolute new birth. And, and this was just an unbelievable, huge challenge to, to Nicodemus. I mean, again, think about it. Billy Graham comes to the 30-year-old preacher, and Billy Graham says, how can I grow deeper in following Jesus? And the preacher says, you know what, Billy, you got to start over. <laughs> you got to go back to the beginning. you got to be born all over again. I mean, who does this little preacher think he is? I mean, this is the best of us. Nicodemus is as good as they come. And along comes Jesus and says, uh, no, no, you're not close. <laughs> you're not just a step or two away. You have got to absolutely and completely start over. Imagine that, I mean, imagine that you were in shape. I imagine that every once in a while. But imagine that you could, like, run a marathon. All right, that you could, you know, you run a marathon, you can do whatever it takes, and you go to, to a trainer, and you say, you know what, I want to take it to the next level. And the trainer says, ooh, You need new heart, lungs, kidneys, liver. You're you're just a, you say, how can I be that? No way, I'm not, I can do this, I can do that. I mean, it's just, in in some ways, it's absolutely crazy. Nicodemus has spent his entire life genuinely, humbly seeking God's face. Nicodemus has done better than any of us here this morning at loving his neighbor as he loves himself, loving God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength. Nicodemus has done that. And what Jesus says is, you've got to start all over. You you got to start all over. You've got to be born again. You've got to be just brought back to the beginning. And and I think that's also a huge challenge to us. That that's just a huge challenge to us because there's a little Nicodemus in all of us. I think that sense of saying, you know what? I just I I feel like I just want to grow a little bit more. I just want to grow a little bit more. I mean, imagine that you were to do that. I mean, you you call me tomorrow and you say, Ron, I want to have an appointment. And, and and you say to me, I want to grow more. And I say, well, you've got to just forget everything you've known. You've got to start over. Are you serious? I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. But Jesus says, you've got to have a whole new birth. You've got to be going again. And if Nicodemus can't make it, neither can you, and I, you or I. And, 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 and I want to just stop and, and let this sink in a little bit and, and challenge us to think about it because this is, and, and especially on a, a day where we do baptism and especially having April here and, and also uh, Ella and, and, and just, the, you know, to see this. The fact is I was raised in a, I was baptized as an infant. I was raised in a Christian home like a good number of you. And, and I can't point to a day in my life when I said that's when I was born again At that moment I gotta tell you I, I owe some real thanks to, In the sermon to George But you know one of the reasons I'm jealous of George Is not just because he's so much better looking than I am But, but because um, You know George can tell you the moment He can tell you the exact moment Two o'clock in the morning when he, when, when, when he was born again When his heart was changed When he received that transformation He can tell you the day He can tell you the moment He can tell you the second I can't I can't, and so when I read this, when I hear Jesus saying to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. you got to have a radical transformation. you got to start over. I look at him, and I say, well, God, have I done that? I mean, I can't think of a time in my life when I didn't know Jesus. I can't think of a time in my life when I didn't believe that Jesus was my Savior. There wasn't one day that I can point to to say I was dead and now I am alive. So what do we do with this? Those of us who were raised, I think it ought to challenge us, but don't let it overwhelm us. Okay, And as we think about raising our kids for the Lord, we ought to make sure, and and, and we need to understand that Jesus' words about saying, you must be born again, applied to Nicodemus, and they apply to me, and they apply to everybody here. Unless we are born again, unless we are transformed, unless we are brought back to the very beginning and made new, unless there is a radical transformation and change in our lives, then we do not see the kingdom of God, and we cannot enter the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean it happens in an instant. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't start working on us from the very beginning. Again, of Ella here, that God is already putting her in a place where she is being introduced to the new life. And so I want to be serious about saying, have I gotten serious? You know, this is one of those passages that, that calls us to recognize, I can't get in on my parents' faith, okay? I cannot get into the kingdom because my parents were followers of Jesus. I need to be transformed. I need to be born again. And that's true of each and every one of us. And so I want to challenge you to say, have I ever done that? Have I been born again? But I also want to say, don't get upset if there's not a moment, because I don't have one either. And I believe with all my heart that God has indeed made me new through Jesus Christ. And on the one hand, I'm jealous of George for having uh, walked away and then knowing that moment when God brought him back, on the other hand, I've got to say I'm so thankful for parents who pointed me to Jesus from the very beginning, all right? So yeah, the, the fact is none of us, no one, I, I mean, Jesus is entering, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So Jesus says you need a whole new birth. Now, for Nicodemus, I, I, I'd be tempted for him to, I, I can imagine he'd be really tempted just to walk away, all right? Who do you think you are? But he doesn't. He's, he's I think, more than anything else, confused. He, how, how do I do this? How can I make this happen? Okay, I, 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 all right, if I need this new birth, how can I make this happen? John 3, verse 4. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter, into the, in, enter a second time into their mother's womb and, and to be born. So you know, Nicodemus is saying, okay, how can I do this? How, how can I get this going? Part of it, I think, what's going on here is confusion. I mean, born again, i got to go back into the womb. I can't do that. But let's recognize this is not just confusion here because Nicodemus is not so literal that he can't say, Jesus is maybe talking about something other than literally being reborn. I mean, Nicodemus has talked about spiritual things his whole life, and so he, I think he has a sense of that. But there I think there's a, a sense of frustration perhaps. I think Nicodemus is saying, Jesus, I'm old, man. How can I start over? You can't teach an old dog new tricks, huh? I, I mean, that's why I feel that. If I, I, I struggle, you know, I mean, with learning new things. And, and, and now this is a complete redo, and Nicodemus' age, and he's saying, I'm old, and, and is it really so bad where I am? But how would I do it if I wanted to? If I need to be reborn, how do I do it? Now, I've got to notice something here that's very important, all right? Nicodemus. Nicodemus is only focused at this point in the story on what we as humans can and can't do. So interesting to notice it. Go back if you have your Bibles now or later on. In verse 1, Nicodemus says, Jesus, I know you came from the Father. I know that because nobody can do what you're doing without God's help. I know that you came from God. I know that you are of God. But now what he gets to is it's all about what can we do? How can I do this? How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter. And, and what is Nicodemus? Because again, So much of Nicodemus's religious life has been based on what we do. And part of what's going on here is there's a word in the Greek that can be translated in one of two ways, all right? Jesus said, you must be born anothen, okay? You must be born again. You must be born anothen. That word can be translated two ways. The first is, you must be born again. And this is the way that, that the New International Version translates it here at this point, although they give you the other option in a footnote. This is, how, this is the way that Nicodemus takes this, that we have to be born again. But this word can also mean something else, and this is where Jesus is going to push us. Because this word can also mean, from above. Okay? You must be born from above. And a guy by the name of Dale Bruner, who's an awful lot smarter than I am, suggests that actually the best translation of this would be Jesus saying, you have to be born all over again from above. You have to have a radical transformation. But Nicodemus, here's what you've got to understand. You can't do it. It's going to come from above. Nicodemus says, how can I make this happen? And Jesus says, you've got to understand, man, I'm not talking about a literal birth. I'm talking about being born again from above. I wasn't meaning a, a, again only. I mean born again from above. John 3, 5, and 6. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born out of water in the Spirit flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to the spirit okay it's not something you do it's from above and it's the act of god it's the spirit who's at work you must be born again from above and then he uses that phrase out of water and the spirit what in the world is he talking about there well let's start with the first one the clear one it's it's the holy spirit and and so what nicodemus comes and says how can i grow Jesus says to him, you've got to be just completely transformed. Nicodemus says, well, how do I get completely transformed? How do I get born again? And Jesus says, it's the spirit that does that. It's the spirit of God that that comes into your life. It's the spirit of God that comes down. And it's a gift from God, Nicodemus. We don't earn it. And then perhaps even more importantly and more difficultly for us, we can't control it. We can't control it. John 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You know, Daniel talked about that with the baptism of a leaf, right? I don't, this is a leaf, I think he had. Um, you know, a leaf. You can't, see, you can't see the wind, but you can see where the leaf blows, right? That's the Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus says, how do I do that? Nicod- Jesus says, you, know, you can't. It's, it's a thing from the Spirit, and the Spirit is just, you know, you don't control it. It's a gift from God, and it blows wherever it wants. It, it's going to just, it's, it's the only thing that can happen. It's the only thing that can make you new. And you can't control it. And I think that might be the most difficult thing for Nicodemus. Because sometimes I think that's the most difficult thing for me, and it might be the most difficult thing for you. Because I like to be in control. I like to be in control. I like to pretend I don't like to be in control, but I like to be in control. I like to know how it's going to go. I like to know if I do A, you're going to do B, and if I do C, you're going to do D. And I want to know how it's all going to happen before I hit the first domino over. I don't want to leave things up to questions. I don't want to leave it to somebody else making a decision. I want to know before I make a decision. I think that's where Nicodemus was. He's, he spent his whole life kind of saying, I do A, and God, you do B. I do C, and you do D, and the community does this, and it's worked well. And along comes Jesus and says, you know what you got to do is you got to let go of control you got to let go of that control. you got to let the Spirit control you. you got to let the Spirit come down on you. you got to let the Spirit change your heart. And, and then you don't get to decide where you're going to go, but you're going to be led by the Spirit. Then you don't get to decide what you, what you mean to be in control because you're going to be led by the Spirit. It's only by the Spirit that you can do this. Does that mean it's only random? Not completely. There are a couple of things we're going to see that, that Jesus says we can do. One of them, and and this is the more questionable one of whether this is clear or not, but I want to come back to, he said, out of water in the spirit, right? Out of water in the spirit. Now, we don't know exactly what that means. Some people suggest, well, that refers to natural birth, right? Uh, uh, The amniotic fluid, the sack of waters breaks, and a woman has a baby. So you must be born naturally, and then you must be born spiritually. For some reasons, I'll tell you, I don't think that's the best option. Dale Bruner again suggests that when Nicodemus heard water, being born out of the water, and in the Greek it's out of, okay? Being born out of the water, he would have thought of the most recent revival in Jerusalem, and that was John's baptism. John's baptism, and Jesus was just baptized, we looked at. John's baptism, and John's baptism was a certain kind of baptism. It was a baptism of repentance, all right? So what I want to suggest is is is, is kind of the the. Our part of it is is that new life comes out of water, that is repentance, that is dying, that is our letting go of control, and then the Spirit giving us new life. The Spirit giving us new life. And so, what do we do? We repent. We admit we're dead. We go under the water. We remember our baptism, right? Our baptism where we died. So Jesus says, "You know how can you?" Nicodemus says, "How do I how do I get the new birth? How do I make this happen?" Jesus says, "You must be given birth by the Spirit." Nicodemus again still says, "You know how can this be? How can this be?" Jesus responds, and, and again, this is one of those places that I that I that I struggle with. But I think you know what? Ron? Jesus is full of grace, but first he pushes Nicodemus a little bit. He pushes Nicodemus a little bit, and and I think you know Jesus loves us and he's always full of grace for us but sometimes he kind of says hey you should know these things look at what he says here again it's got to be right because it's jesus but jesus says john 3 10 to 12 you are israel's teacher okay i mean you are the teacher of israel the singular you so nicodemus was a big deal said you are the teacher israel's teacher said jesus and do you not understand these things Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Now, don't pass this off as Nicodemus just kind of being dumb. He's intelligent, and he knows the Old Testament better than any of us. And he's passionate, and he's hungry. But like Nicodemus, sometimes we just don't get it, and Jesus says, come on. I'm putting it right in front of you. You should have seen this coming. So first he pushes Nicodemus a little bit. You should know. And then he says, but let me try this. Let me try to tell you. How do you get the spirit? How, how do you get the spirit? How's the spirit going to come and give you new life? Here goes, Jesus says. Here goes. John 3, 13 to 15. No one has ever gone into heaven. All right? How's the spirit going to come down? That spirit's up there. Heaven's down, you know, Heaven's up there. Earth down here. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. That's Jesus' way of talking about himself. Again, I don't know if Nicodemus would have understood this. We have a lot of years to get back to this. But, you know, Jesus is the Son of Man, me. I'm the one who's making this bridge. And then he says, you know, let's talk about one of the passages, you know. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. And that's a reference to a story some of you may remember, some of you may not. uh, But in Numbers 21. The people of Israel were out in the wilderness, out in the desert, and uh, they were complaining, and God said, well, let's pull back some controls here and let these snakes come. And these snakes were biting all the people, and they were dying. and, And they said, God, save us. And so what God told Moses to do is to make a bronze serpent and to lift it up on a pole. And they said, if you got bit by a snake, when you looked at the pole, if you were snake bit, you got looked at the pole, and then you could be saved. So Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Jesus is talking about going to the cross. So what does he say? How how does this happen? How do you get a hold of the spirit? Jesus says, I'm dying to make it happen. I'm dying to make it happen. I'll give my life so it can happen. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, And if you look at me, just like they looked into that snake on the pole, when I am lifted up, Jesus says, that's where you're going to find the Spirit. When I am lifted up, that's where you're going to find new life. You've got to believe in me. You've got to put your faith in me. You've got to trust in me. For John, it's being lifted up on the cross that that is central for Jesus. And, And that's why Lent is so important for us, right? That's why we're doing all of these exercises during Lent and doing these devotions together. I mean, more than 300 of us just going through these devotions that help us focus on repentance and on the cross. Because Jesus says, when I am lifted up, that's when I'm breaking down the barriers. When I'm lifting up, then the Spirit's going to come down, and the Spirit's going to make you new, and the Spirit's going to give you new life. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, I'm going to die so this can happen, Nicodemus. It's when I go to the cross. Let's draw this together. Jesus and Nicodemus, three lessons, all right, as as you leave from here. The the first one is this. Every one of us needs to be born all over again from above. Every one of us. I don't care who your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents were. Every one of us needs to come to that place saying, Jesus, I am dead, and I need your grace and your forgiveness, and I need your spirit to change my life. We need new life. New life is a gift from God through the Spirit. We can't make it happen on our own. We don't earn it. We can't control it. All we can do is receive it. And then we receive new life by believing in Jesus when he is lifted up. In in some ways, this is just a really basic, simple gospel message. But friends, if we don't start here, we'll never get anywhere. For each and every one of us, I was talking to my mother-in-law a couple weeks ago, and she was worried about dying, and I said, Oh, no, Mom, it'll happen soon. And no, I didn't say that. Um, But she was, you know, thinking about that, and she said, Well, what if I haven't been good enough? And I said, Mom, you've got to understand. You're going to get the same grade as Billy Graham. You're going to get the same grade as Mother Teresa. You're going to get the same grade as me. We all get Jesus. And that's all we get, friends. It's all we get only way, unless we are born again unless we have died unless we have given up control we can't have new life all of the activities, all of the work mean nothing unless the Holy Spirit changes and transforms our lives and so in closing I simply want to say this, never settle for too little never settle for trying to stay in control let's let the wind of the Spirit empower us Let's open ourselves up and say, Jesus, we're scared to death about not knowing where this is going to go. But you've promised us new life, so we believe in you on the cross. And then let's let the Spirit take us and empower us to go on the Jesus way. Let's pray together. Father, a lot of us feel like Nicodemus. We're really trying hard. Father, if like Nicodemus, we've been trying hard on our own strength, then convict us. If, Lord, you need to get a little rough with us, then do that. Father, renew us by your Spirit. Father, for those of us who've done that already, then let today be once again another day of dying and rising again, another day of confession and repentance of going under the water as we saw these baptisms, as we think about April and Ella, and as we think about their conf- April's confession that she, she has just died and your spirit has changed her. May that happen again in us today and tomorrow and over and over again so that we become not those people you don't trust but those people you do so that we can be faithful in walking down the road that we call the Jesus way. Lord, let the wind of your spirit blow into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.